freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We're doing a series called American, talking about the can-do spirit that is part of our American DNA. Absolutely. And so much about our lives has been turned upside down by this coronavirus, the COVID-19. And we're hearing a lot about what we can't do and places we can't go. But our guests during this series are going to talk with us about areas of their expertise and all the ways that we still can learn and grow, train and connect and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't even thought about before. Our guest today is Clint Macro. Clint is a nationally recognized trainer, instructor, and coach. He is the founder of the Trigger Pressers Union and the co-host of Meet the Pressers podcast. But most importantly, Clint is his family's first responder. Welcome to the show, Clint. Well, thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be on the show. Well, I am very late in the game because you had me on Meet the Pressers uh, at the turn of the new year. And you, we were the, you were the New Year's episode, the very first show of the season two. I'm number one. I'm number one. You know, in, in some way, in, in any little ways in our life, we can be number one. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to celebrate it. But thank you so much for, for having me on. And uh, now, finally, I get to have you on. And, and uh, Matthew, your co-host, is going to be on uh, later this week as well. Um, so as we were talking about in the lead-in, this seems to be a season of don't and can't, right? Yeah. But we have millions of brand new first-time gun owners who, I mean, everybody that owns a gun needs training and needs to stay proficient. But brand new gun owners, they have got to be looking around going, what on earth can I even do? And uh, since training is really in your wheelhouse, what do you telling people they can do during this time? Well, first off, I think they can be very happy that they're exercising their constitutionally guaranteed right. I think that's the first thing. I've congratulated every new gun owner that's come about over the last couple of weeks. And it's a, a wonderful thing to see people finally come to realize that the Second Amendment is for them. Now, as far as training is concerned, I mean, you know, I believe the founding fathers truly wanted us to train, hence the well-regulated portion of the uh, Second Amendment. Well-regulated meaning knowing how to use the, the firearm properly and efficiently. And so, you know, there's lots of opportunities for people to do that now, even with all of the restrictions that, that we have across the country. Uh, brand new people, you know, they're looking for probably just basic safety 
uh, instruction, you know, so that they feel comfortable and confident in their ability to just handle and use the firearm in a safe manner. And there's lots of resources out there. I know uh, when this, all this started, I personally put out a few extra uh, pieces of content, some videos that I put out that were geared more towards just basic safety, you know, getting people familiar and acclimated to the concepts of what safety rules many different organizations use. Um, you know, <laughs> every organization has a different set of rules and they're packaged differently, but the ultimate outcome goal of each of them is the same. You know, we want people to be able to use the, the firearms safely uh, so that they're, they're uh, efficient with their safe handling of the gun as well. Absolutely. So, uh, go ahead. Oh, well, uh, there's lots of new things available with Zoom and internet-y kind of things like this here that we're doing with our shows. So uh, I found it really refreshing that the NRA and the USCCA, two organizations that I do a lot of work uh, as far as training instructors uh, to teach their curriculum as well as teach the curriculum myself, uh, both organizations had opened up a pathway for instructors to be able to teach all or some of certain classes virtually by using Zoom or GoToMeeting or, or types of platforms like that, which I thought was a wonderful thing for those organizations to do, uh, especially the NRA. It was pretty groundbreaking because the NRA has always been very um, against doing any type of distance learning for individual instructors. You know, it's, it was always very explicit that we had to teach our classes face-to-face -face and be one-on-one. -on -one. And so for them to make some accommodations so that we could reach those thousands upon thousands of new gun owners with some good quality education. I think that was a, a great thing. Absolutely. We've all had to kind of pivot a little bit in some way in our lives and whatever our, our area of expertise is. And so in our store, AZ Firearms, you know, we are a, uh, an essential business. Mm -hmm. We were even allowed Man, I hate that we word. We got permission, right? didn't we? <laughs> we? We got our permission slip. We felt so proud. Uh, allowed to be open during this time. And we even realized that we needed to take a moment. We, we took uh, two weeks that we closed. We implemented some new, uh, you know, safety and, and um, cleanliness uh, type of uh, protocols and gave our team a chance to just kind of for them to take a, a a little bit of a step back and a rest because we were just running at top speed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the thought of, you know, like the NRA, the thought of them ever allowing virtual training to them is probably mind blowing. The thought of us ever willingly cutting off our income and closing our store and not serving the people in our community in these ways, it, we would have never believed that that, that was the case uh, that we would do that. But, you know, sometimes you just have to do, what what the moment in history is calling for us to we do. Were, yeah. We were overwhelmed the first couple of weeks and the uh, uh, amount of new uh, buyers was about, you know, if we had 10 people in the store, three or four were brand new, never bought a gun yeah. before. And some of them were shocked that, oh, you have to do paperwork? Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, and, you know, trying to explain to them, hey, before you do anything with this firearm, you need to learn how to safely store it. You need to know how to safely carry it, all these things. Sure. And, it's overwhelming. For sure. And, you know, there were several people that I personally know who happen to be teachers, which leads us to our next topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, you help with something called National Train a Teacher Day. 
and as I said, I had a bunch of friends on my Facebook and in my uh, texting me and all different ways reaching out to me that they just do happen to be in the field of teaching. And, you know, for whatever reason that the idea of owning a gun is, had been fairly foreign to them before. Mm-hmm. And uh, like so many others, they realize, oh, we do have to be our own immediate and first responders. Um, so talk to us about this National Train a Teacher Day. Well, National Train a Teacher Day came about after um, Parkland. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. while we were watching that unfold and, and seeing the, the damage that was done to those, those poor kids down there at that school, uh, a colleague of mine, Grant Gallagher, who's a NRA tr- and USCCA training <laughs> counselor out of uh, New Jersey, he got in touch with me and he says, dude, we got to do something. Uh, I'm using my own language. That's certainly not how Grant talks, but he said, we got to do something. And I said, well, what do you want to do? And he says, we need to offer training to teachers. And I said, well, don't you already do that? And he says, yeah, most instructors I know have offered training opportunities to, to teachers. And he says, yeah, but we need to do it as a unified front as professional firearms instructors across the nation and like proclaim a day. And he goes, I don't know, national training teacher day. I said, boom, I'm on it. And within 48 hours, I had the website up and I had the volunteer uh, infrastructure in place and we started uh, to recruit people. And the first year was total grassroots. We just did it ourselves. And each volunteer instructor that, that kind of signed on, their job was also to help spread the gospel. And we reached uh, a pretty decent amount of people. I was very pleased with how many people took advantage of that training that year. And then Last year was our second year, USCCA and uh, Taser came on board as sponsors. And essentially what they did was they gave, uh, well, for those that don't know, if you're teaching a structured course through USCCA or through Taser or even through NRA for that matter, there are certain materials that the instructors are required to give their students. And that's a cost that we incur. And so USCCA and Taser were giving all of the volunteer instructors free materials to give to the students on National Train a Teacher Day. And this year we picked up uh, Sabre Red pepper spray as well. So those instructors who are teaching Sabre Red's course uh, are getting free materials from Sabre to teach on National Train a Teacher Day. And so it's a, it's a wide variety of, of training. You know, I believe that a firearm is the true equalizer and the most uh, efficient tool of self-defense available to us. That being said, the firearm is not the answer for everybody. You know, you have to be comfortable with the firearm and you have to be willing to use that firearm if you are left with no other choice but to defend yourself or those that you love with with lethal force. And so because of that, because the gun's not for everyone, you know, we wanted to make sure that we offered unarmed training, pepper spray, taser, uh, just situational awareness training, maybe ways to harden a classroom or harden a structure to make it harder for a bad guy to reach them, you know, to be able to uh, efficiently barricade people uh, into a, a safer area. Uh, medical training, you know, a lot of people don't recognize that when those first responders, so to speak, when the police arrive to that scene, they're going to step over bodies that are bleeding because their first order of business is to stop the bad guy from doing whatever bad things they're doing. So it would be pretty good for all of us to know how to stop the bleed and and keep red stuff inside of their bodies. So we really wanted to offer all kinds of different training for National Train a Teacher Day. And simply, legally, now whether morally or ethically it's, it's, it's uh, wrong, uh, legally, many 
people can't have a gun in a school. Depends on the state and the jurisdiction. So for those places, well, learning other ways to defend themselves and take proactive measures to protect themselves and their children in the school, I think is, is a good thing. You know, our, our goal is to educate and empower. And that empowerment can come through all kinds of different types of training. And for those places where they can't have a gun, well, then what better advocate for change is there besides a, a well-educated uh, teacher that can articulate the reasons why it's a good idea to have uh, to eliminate gun-free zones, for instance, or allowing uh, law-abiding citizens, no matter what their vocation is or their uh, job is, uh, to be able to arm themselves and defend those that they love in a school, just like they would at the park or in the sidewalk or at the mall. Absolutely. That's, you know, it always kind of surprised me that, uh, you know, there was this whole like rigmarole and uproar about people want to arm teachers. And I'm thinking, you know, actually, if you really understood how many teachers do have firearms for their own personal protection at home, what you're doing is you're disarming teachers yeah. as they go in to, uh, you know, their, their place of work every single day. And so I'm so excited that, and isn't it interesting, you know, I had heard of National Train a Teacher Day, I'd promoted it, I just had no idea where it began. And, and here, you know, it was an idea between you and, and Grant Gallagher. Yeah. And that is, you know, that can do spirit that I was talking about. That is, you know, America. You know, somebody can have an idea, especially in this day and age, we can sit in our prospective homes, uh, put a microphone in front of our, our faces, and we are t actually making ourselves available. The ideas that we talk about and the freedom that, that we explore in words and in deed uh, to the entire world. It's, it's an amazing thing. Most certainly is. Are you an American or American't? <laughs> there you go. I love it. Exactly. And speaking of that kind of power and, you know, putting a microphone in front of our faces and, and connecting with people that we, uh, you know, that we admire and that we, we really want to learn from their area of expertise. There, we talked at the beginning about Meet the Pressers. That's your podcast, yours and yeah. Matthew J. Mallory's. And where did that come from? Where, that idea, where did it bubble up from? Well, that's an interesting story. I, actually, Matt uh, and I had, uh, let's see, I don't know exactly when I first met Matt. I think probably just bumping in, into him at the trade shows for years. Uh, but we had done some training together, and he, was, he had another podcast, the PS and Ed show, for, for a while. And when he started that, he consulted with me and asked about some audio gear, you know, what, what kind of mics <laughs> he should get and that kind of thing. So I, I drew him out a diagram and I found him links on websites for some of the equipment that I would recommend that he purchase and, and pick up. And he spent a few bucks on that. And so his show was going real well. And, and even to this day, I'm not exactly sure what caused the demise of his show, but it, it ultimately stopped happening. And we were doing a class uh, about a year and a half ago, actually last February. And he came down here and stayed with me and we were doing the class. And I said, so what's going on with your show? What are you doing with all that equipment? And he says, ah, it's, it's over. And I said, well, you got to repurpose that asset, man. You know, you got to do something. Let's, let's talk about it. And in the meantime, a lot of people have asked me to put on a podcast and, and yap my mouth in front of a camera and put out my opinion. And I thought, eh, it's not a bad idea. And I, 
kind of selfishly thought, well, Matt already kind of has a following too, so we wouldn't be starting from ground zero. So we started, uh, we decided to put the show together and we figured, all right, we looked at Zoom, that's what we're using here today, and said, well, you can be in Syracuse, I can be here in Pittsburgh. And we're like, what do we call it? So we came up with a few ideas and, and very selfishly, I threw out, hey, how about meet the pressers? Because my company is called the Trigger Pressers Union. And I always like taking those twists on, on things that, uh, you know, already exist in the mainstream media with like meet the press. And he says, won't we get sued for that? I said, man, I hope so. Because <laughs> if we're doing well enough to where they care, then, then we, can, we can deal with the problem. Plus, you know, it's parody and positive light. That's one we can always fall back on. But uh, so we said, meet the pressers. So because it has pressers in the name and my company's Trigger Pressers Union, to make it a little more equal, we call it Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. So he gets to put his name first to kind of balance out the fact that pressers in the title. But we started a year ago. Uh, actually, our first episode was in April. So it's about a year. I guess we're, we're real close to a year anniversary here. And we started off once a month and then the shows were long and we kind of worked out our format. And uh, about mid-year last year, we've got it down to about a half hour format. And uh, we have generally have a, a guest on each show. And we are in our second season now. I think we're at episode 18 of season two now. Uh, we were trying to put one out once a week once we got our system down. But once this whole thing happened with the COVID, I've been very trying very hard to put out two episodes a week so that we have more content out there for people to check out and see. I mean, so many people are just stuck at home anyhow. So we figured, well, let's give them more to look at. Mm -hmm. So that's what we've been working on. And as you know, you've been on the show. So um, we're glad to have you amongst the uh, list of distinguished guests that we've had on the program. Well, you've had some really big names on the show and I, you know, I think that that is a testament not only to, you know, how well networked you are, but also how easy going the uh, Second Amendment community, the firearms industry is. I mean, truly, maybe you'll run into, a, you know, somebody that, that is, I mean, rarely do you run into anybody that's, you know, too big. Yeah, just yeah. can't. Can't take well, the time I, for that little podcast over there yeah, unless they've yeah. been on for 15 years or whatever. I, you know, I came out of the gate. My very first guest was, uh, you know, the Reverend Ken. And so mm -hmm. Ken Blanchard, black man with a gun. And I always say, you know, every time I see him in person, I'm like, why did you say yes to me? You had no idea who I was. And uh, he's got the best answer because, uh, you know, we're both Christian. And he says, you know, spirit recognizes spirit. And I'm like, yep. that's the best answer ever. And uh, so anyway, I, I think that it's amazing that our community is so giving of their time and, and excited and enthusiastic about sharing their knowledge. Uh, so uh, yeah, good for you guys that you- Well, been able to I have a background in the, in the music and film industry. And, and I can say I met a lot of good people in that industry, but it's a fraction of the amount of good people that I met in the firearms and firearms training firearms uh, industry and training industry. Um, most certainly people are, as you said, more apt to, to give of themselves and offer advice and, and to sit down and, and spend a few minutes to help better the cause. Yeah. Uh, I, I owe a great deal to Rob Pincus and Mike Hughes, Mike Hughes and, and Britt from Next Level Training. 
and Rob, both, all three of them have been great mentors to me and have helped to open up doors. Actually, Rob was our first guest on Meet the Pressers, uh, our first outside guest. Uh, our first two episodes was just Matt and I talking back and forth. And so, uh, yeah, there's lots of great people in the industry that are willing to help folks like us build our, our show and help spread the gospel. That's so important. I love it. So you, um, you do a lot of pro gun advocacy as do I, as, as does Dan. Um, and you know, really it's pro rights advocacy, you know, at, at the core of it. Um, you, you do talk about the tool itself, but of course our rights are, are so important or we won't be able to use our tools. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in Pennsylvania specifically, what is going on there? And, and how have your elected representatives, I always have to use little air quotes when I use that word, behaved during this time of, you know, this quarantine life that we're living? Because it seems to me, you know, the Second Amendment is not a political issue. It's been made a political issue, but it was part of our Second Amendment is part of mm-hmm. our Constitution, which is part of our Bill of Rights, and that is for every American. Um, but what I feel like I'm seeing over these weeks and now turning into months of this quarantine stay at home is that if I'm going to hear a mayor, a governor, a city official of some sort, if I'm going to hear them lean into power and control, it seems to me that it tends to be on one side of the political aisle more than the other. Um, so I'm just wondering what you're seeing there in, in Pennsylvania. Well, we have a, a very, I like to say anti-liberty. I, I removed the gun from the situation, like you said. It's, it's not mm-hmm. about the gun. It's about liberty and rights, personal rights, individual mm-hmm. rights. Mm-hmm. And I fight for those rights for people that, don't exercise their second amendment rights because it's just as much theirs when they don't exercise it as it is when they do exercise it. And we've seen so many people the last couple of weeks finally say, you know what, I'm going to exercise that right. Absolutely. So we do have a, a generally anti-liberty governor here in Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf, and he took the ball and ran with it with these closures, these essential businesses. And, and initially he closed down all the gun shops. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, uh, Firearms Owners Against Crime, I'm second vice president of that. Kim Stolfer is our president and leader in that organization, as well as a number of other organizations came out pretty strong. And, and we all fought hard to remedy that. And a lot of our elected officials in the legislature kind of went to bat with us as well. And from pressure from the citizenry, pressure from a few different areas, uh, Joshua Prince, who's uh, our mm-hmm. preeminent a lawyer here in Pennsylvania, I work with him quite a bit. He, on his own, went out and uh, did a legal action against the uh, the governor, which kind of failed, but because of a dissenting, uh, some of the uh, judges <clears throat> basically wrote a letter and said, we disagree with the ruling and here's why. And that combined with Josh's work, combined with FOAC's work, uh, the governor backed down and then deemed gun shops as essential. So we got him back open. And we have quite a few pro-liberty representatives in the legislature. Right now, we do have a majority in that regard. However, we're approaching election cycle, and that margin is pretty slim. So 
you know, with everything going on, we're urging everyone to keep an eye on that election and make sure that you are backing and pushing pro-liberty candidates because uh, after November, if things go poorly, we could be in the same situation Virginia is in right now. And, and folks need to keep that in mind. I think but we're going to see an adjustment on that because a lot of people are seeing, hey, wait a minute, this involves me now. Now yeah. I'm kept in my house and I'm told I can't do something I want to do. And so uh, like Michigan, you know, the governor there, she's saying that no one can come out of their house to see their friends unless it's for care. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I would say to that, oh, no, no. You're well, not tell then, me I can't see my grandbaby. And then we have the mayor. Is it the mayor of, of Los Angeles? Garcetti, I think is his name, who's actually rewarding people for telling on each other. Yeah. What, kind of world are, yeah. what, what kind of world are we living in, Clint? Yeah, well, it's it's bizarro world, right? I mean, Seinfeld didn't even come close to what how nuts things are right now, if you remember that episode. But people but, will uh, wake up. It's too close to election time. Well, I, 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 I do agree with you, Dan. I, I believe that people are going to remember all the stuff that's going on right now come November. I hope that is the case. And, and you know, that would be, you know, divine intervention, resetting things and putting stuff back to where maybe it should be. But I do want to caution folks as we get into election time, not every Democrat is anti-liberty and not right. every Republican is pro-liberty. Uh, we've had several uh, anti-liberty bills come across the table over the last couple of years in Pennsylvania, and many of them were written by Republicans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we still do have one or two pro-gun Democrats here in Pennsylvania. Now, they're few and far between, but a lot of good, good people, without researching their candidates, will just vote for the R because they think, well, they're pro-gun. Well, maybe not. Or they may mm -hmm. just vote against the D because, well, Democrats are anti-gun. And that might largely be the case, but you have to check out the individual's voting record. Right. Voting's, like not yeah. Voting's not just look at a name. You've got you to do some research on the people. Oh, absolutely. You know, just like a target, you know, mm -hmm. I can't determine how well you can shoot with just one hole in the target. We see five, ten holes in the target. We can start to extrapolate some things, and we're looking for a pattern of behavior. So uh, anyone that's running that already has been in office, look at their voting record. And I can say in Pennsylvania here, the Firearms Owners Against Crime website has the voting record for every single legislator, elected official on the website that you can access and see. And, you know, look at that. Look at what they say. Uh, best to go see them in person, not just see the little sound bites they put up on the TV, on the flashy box, because uh, people speak differently in, in uh, public than they do on the camera. But sure educate do. yourself, most so certainly. You, you actually have some Democrats that are actually pro-gun, completely pro-gun, or just, well, you can have a shotgun kind of pro-gun? No, no. Uh, Jim Brewster, he's actually my senator here in, in Pennsylvania, in my district, and he is a pro-gun Democrat. Uh, awesome. There are not many of them, but uh, the thing is, though, he's going to be running against a, actually what looks to be a pretty reasonable Republican who, uh, as far as liberty is concerned. So it's, it's going to be tough. But, but Jim is a, a pro-gun Democrat that uh, he helps. I, I think that he's very, very useful in his side of the aisle because he talks a lot of the radical people out of the trees sometimes. Nice. You know, I've, I've had personal conversations with him, the things that are said, and he's like, now, listen, you got to look at it this way. And I think generally speaking, most folks, even though they may have crazy ideas, are reasonable at a certain point. And I think he's able to bring some of the reasonableness out of some of those uh, very, very far left people that are, are looking at radical things.
Well, he's in the Democrat trenches, so he can influence them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are very important uh, voices to have yeah. in the conversation. And wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, the Second Amendment would stop being that that ball of yarn that they just keep wanting to play with? You know, the they's meaning either side, no matter what letter they wear on their chest, um, they just realized again that, no, it, it says right there. It's, it's like gun control for dummies. It says shall not be infringed. Period. End of story. Okay. Guess we can't play with that ball of yarn anymore. We'll go find another you need to, one. Yeah, There's but, your book right there. There's your yeah. book, Gun Control for Dummies. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> what was that, Clint? Well, ultimately, if the goal is tyranny, then it has to be the one that they play with because the other ones can't fall without that one going first. And they know that. Yeah. And I think that's why the founding fathers wrote the Constitution <clears throat> and the Bill of Rights the way that they did. Right. Amen. You know, You're so people right. have to understand too. If if you read history, like when does tyranny start? When they disarm the population. And also, mm-hmm. if you look at the history of how the Bill of Rights came about, the mm-hmm. founding fathers came up with that great constitution. But the people who fought that war against Britain, against the the king, they're looking at that constitution, thinking, "Now wait a minute. There's potential here for this government to become tyrannical. We need a Bill of Rights." And that's mm-hmm. how that came about. So those that know, appreciate. And those that don't read history or they, they're not educated on, the, on those things. And unfortunately, that's not taught so much in school these days as much either. Yeah. Um, may not see the true value in that. Clint, it can't happen in America. <laughs> yeah. can't, right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's you what know, they say. It's happened in every country, almost every country out there. And, you know, this, oh, not America, it wouldn't. Take your guns away. It's okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, you, history's everywhere. You look at Germany, you look at Venezuela. And, you know, even here we can see how, how liberty has eroded since I've become a, an adult. You know, I'm, I'm in my 40s. So in the grand scheme of life, I haven't been an adult that long. But, you know, Patriot Act was a horrible thing. That was a huge, huge stab in the back of liberty. And some of the things that are going on now, some of the little fine printy things in this COVID bill. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of erosion and a lot of very pinpoint, precise surgical execution of the limitation of the individual rights uh, and liberties. You're and exactly. that, that stuff adds up over time. No, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, another piece about, you know, history and how important our firearms are to freedom and liberty is, you know, the shot heard around the world, right? Where was that? That was at Lexington and Concord. April 19th, 1775, yes. That's right. We are coming up very closely on that, that anniversary as we sit here today. And that was because the, uh, you know, the British Army, they just thought, well, you know what? I think we're just going to go have them voluntarily uh, do a buyback. You know, we're going to do a, a voluntary mandatory buyback of these colonists' firearms. And, and we, thankfully, our founding fathers and mothers said, um, absolutely no, not, not even a little bit. And it was worth what they went through. They fought, they bled, they starved, they died for that ability, that, that basic freedom that as you said, Clint, um, really, it protects all the others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the history of that leading up to that point in time, you know, we've been taught, I think incorrectly, 
that the the revolution was about taxation without representation. Yeah, that was part of it, but that wasn't what actually started the the shooting war. Mm-hmm. You know, there was plenty of addresses of, of the, you know, there were petitions filed and people complained and people wrote the king and but it wasn't till the government came to take away their firearms was when it actually happened. So, you know, confiscation is a is a bad word, but it's a step towards uh, a, a bad situation for all of us. Uh, and I hope we never get to that point for many, 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 many reasons. Mm. Uh, hopefully we can fix things with the, with the soapbox and the ballot box and get things back on track that way. For sure. And avoid the cartridge box, right? Yes, ma'am. All right. So you mentioned earlier um, in, in our conversation that you have released some new content that it's geared towards it maybe brand new firearms owners or people that are missing time at the range because there are ranges around the nation that have closed, even though they are essential, just like firearm stores are. Um, talk to us a little bit about what that content is, and we'll start winding down and wrapping up a little bit. Sure, sure. I have a couple videos I put out. I started doing this thing called Trigger Presser Tuesdays that I started last week, and uh, the first thing I did was put out a video on home defense. So you can see that on the Trigger Pressers Union website, uh, the fundamentals of home defense. And it, of course, talks a a bit about gun safety, so we cover that in depth, but also getting into some concepts and things to think about when you're developing a personal protection plan for your home. The first video I put out was through Firearms Owners Against Crime, and it's available. Actually, it's linked on on my website as well, but it was basic gun safety concepts and then talking about dry fire in the home. You know, as ranges are tough to get to, dry fire is something that people can do if they own a firearm and they can do it free. It doesn't cost anything to dry fire, but there are some safety protocols that need to be in place. So that's something that I cover in that video. You know, it's important for people to understand, at least here in Pennsylvania, the viewers that you have that might be here, unless you have a license to carry a firearm, it is illegal to transport a firearm in public right now. Uh, because of the state of emergency. So if you do not have a license to carry a firearm, you cannot take it to the range. You're committing a crime by driving your gun from here to the range, uh, unless you have a license to carry. And there still are some ranges open. Uh, I'm president of Allegheny County Sportsman's League, and I urged all of my clubs to keep their outdoor ranges open and available to their membership. And many of them were able to do that, even though maybe they closed down their, their clubhouse or you know any of the public events that may happen. Uh, let's see. I've got some articles that have come out. Let's see. Um, Personal Defense Network. I got an article that just came out uh, called Developing Your F- uh, Future Family First Responders. And it talks about how I've breached some of these defensive concepts with my child. You know, he's 11 years old now. And by no means am I saying this is the way to do it. This is just some of the things that have worked well with me to help him understand some defensive concepts to understand the stranger danger to understand predator behavior and and bad people. And that's creepy stuff, man. I want my kid, I want to shield my child from all of that nasty uh, real world stuff, but I'd be setting them up for a fail if I didn't have him understand that and learn how to overcome that. So that article talks in great depth on that and how I've been able to help develop him as his own family first responder whenever that day happens, when he has children of his own. Absolutely. Uh, That's so important. You know, when you talk about, um, you know, the creepy nature of it, 
the I, I've been seeing more and more news articles and and stories about um, uh, human trafficking, you know, and how they're using right here in America with middle class families, two parents in the home, otherwise completely solid uh, foundation these human traffickers are using like social media. They're like worming their way into our children's lives um, through these gadgets that we hold in our hands all the time. Right. And uh, you know, if we don't address that and it does feel very like if they're not already aware of it, we're the ones that are putting this yuck in in our children's brains so that we can protect them. You know uh, it's, it's a hard, it's a difficult thing. And so I applaud, I applaud you for, you know, moving into that uncomfortable space with your son and, and beginning to teach him about, you know, what the world is and, and how he can navigate it the, the safest way. So. Well, one very easy thing that I did, and I talk about this at length in the article is, uh, and this just kind of happened organically, but we watch a lot of videos on animals, like on mm-hmm. Animal Planet, mm-hmm. and animal predator prey behavior is the same as human predator prey behavior. Mm-hmm. So he was able to extrapolate a lot of the same correlations between here, this is what a bad person does to victimize, and this is what a, a lion does to victimize the gazelle. You know, nice. and some, you know, walking with purpose, staying in the crowd is better than being the one in the back by yourself with your head down. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things we were able to, you know, connect mm-hmm. by watching Animal Planet. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, that. that's, that's a real easy way to start to breach some of those concepts. I love that. Well, as we start to wrap up, I just want to thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. And uh, I, I encourage everybody to, to connect with you in all the different ways that they can connect. And if you could tell folks, you know, how do they stay on top of all the hats you wear? My goodness, you mentioned so many things while we were talking, like the firearm owner against, against crime. I don't have that link on your on your bio and Gun Freedom Radio, nope. and I'm going to have to do that because that I'll is, have to get that to you. That is well, too important. Uh, TriggerPressersUnion.com is my website, and there you can see there's links to pretty much everything else on there. If you go to the library page, I try very hard to have, and I'll ultimately put this interview on there as well. All of all of my interviews, all of my articles, all of the content that I've produced uh, can be found on the library page. Also look on the schedule page. I am doing and will be doing uh, low enrollment live fire classes too uh, out on the range. I have those scheduled coming up in the very near future. And with the Trigger Presser Tuesdays, I've got a, a live virtual seminar. I'm doing the Concealed Carry Lifestyle Seminar on Tuesday the 21st at 6 p.m. And you can sign up for that on my Facebook page. If you go to Trigger Pressers Union on Facebook, you can find that there. Uh, National Train a Teacher Day, nationaltrainateacherday.com, pretty simple one to find there. And teachers can find instructors who are putting on training or instructors who'd like to volunteer their time and become part of the movement can uh, sign up on there as well. Uh, Meet the Pressers are on YouTube and all the popular podcasting channels. You can just look up Meet the Pressers on YouTube and you'll find it there. And see Firearms Owners Against Crime, foac-pac.org. Um, you can look up all the Pennsylvania legislation, pro and anti, as well as all the legislators and learn about things there. And we also will be having our voter guides come out very soon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Personal Defense Network. You can go in there and you can see, look me up and you can see all my articles on there as well. I, I got a lot of stuff going on, as you said. And my, I never sleep. 
I just stay up all the time. And You're making me tired just th- listening to all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, God has put me in a place where I can invest time like this and do things like this and still keep my lights on and feed my family. So I kind of okay. feel that I'm doing what I should be doing. So I'll keep yeah. doing it. That's fantastic. Thank you again so much. We appreciate you. I know that people are going to be reaching out to your various uh, websites and, and probably picking your brain a little bit, maybe sure. even uh, about how do I stay as safe as possible and keep my family as safe as possible during this uh, very strange and uncertain time that we're living through in America and beyond once things get back to whatever we decide is normal now. But uh, thank you again so much. Clint Macro of Name It, right? (laughs) Trigger Pressers Union and Meet the Pressers podcast. Thank you again so much. Thanks, Clint. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Wow. That was... He does more than you. I know that he he does make me tired just listening. It's... uh, it's kind of like that, but he is so accomplished and he's so involved and he's got so much going on that I think it helps us see that, you know, he hasn't slowed down or stopped during this time of can't, right? right? And so that's encouraging, I think, to a lot of us that, you know, all right, so if I've been blocked going this direction, well, that's okay. I've got all these other avenues available to me. Right. He can't, can't stop. That's right. You can't, can't. Stop. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, unless you have a bad dad joke or something to share. I don't have a bad, bad joke. Bad dad joke. I have no, nothing. No. No, no. <laughs> you know, I've. Uh, this is multiple shows that we've gone through without even either a Dan's commentary um, or. Oh, I, I've got commentaries. It's just not, uh, not uniform, I guess, or whatever not formulated but, well you know you, you know in a minute you're going to ask me to pray for yeah. our leaders yeah and how do you pray for leaders that tell you that you can't go out of your home to mm-hmm. see your family i mean yes we've been really good about the staying at home mm-hmm. but our family lives a you know our kids live about a what half a, half a mile or mile yeah. away and we're seeing them almost every day mm-hmm. And if the governor told me that I couldn't see my kids a half a mile away, mm-hmm. I think that it'd be hard for me to pray for that person. Well, I know that is when they most need our prayers, right? So they can yeah, get their heart right. Kicking the so. butt. <laughs> kicking the butt, too. Uh, all right. Well, I want to thank all of our amazing listeners and audience of course now we are video as well as audio oh no we're video we are video you've been on video this whole time (laughs) i didn't do my hair well thank goodness we have these um earphones that kind of you know cover it up cover it up uh but yeah we are posting these videos on youtube as well as gunstreamer.com and you can binge listen to your heart's content all of the episodes we've ever had over the years seemed a little southern when you said that (laughs) and listen to your heart's content to to your little heart's content uh, at gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab. So, yes, I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers because you could be doing anything. You could be 
anywhere that you could be in the kitchen, the living room, the bedroom, the bathroom, (laughs) out in the backyard, not the front yard. People could see you out there. Live it up. Yeah. Or you could even be sitting in your car with a video screen looking at the highway. You know what? You got a good point there. But you could be anywhere that we're allowed to be right now. And you've chosen to spend your time with us. And we very much value that and appreciate that. And uh, of course, to our our awesome guest today, Clint Macker, thank you so much. And until next time, pray for our nation. We need prayers right now. Pray for our leaders. All of them. (laughs) We already covered this. Yes. Oh, yes, we did already. Especially, especially the ones you don't like. Just rewind what I said. said. (laughs) Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless.